Good news. <gasps> Hello, Simpsons. Ooh. You broke in. We're big fans, Mr. Gladwell. Yeah, nothing makes parents happier than when an eccentric single man takes an interest in their child. Four-finger discount, dude. Welcome to Four Figure Discount. This week we are here to review episode FAB F21. It is Fat Man and Little Boy. I am Dando. I am Guy. And check out all this new equipment. Yeah. All you podcast listeners out there, check it out. (laughs) (laughs) Go check us out on YouTube and you'll see that uh, Guy doesn't have the uh, cheap ass uh, headphones that came with his phone anymore. He now has big ass Joe Rogan headphones (laughs) that make him look like he's uh, trying to bring Apollo 13 back to Earth. Uh, (laughs) It really does. All I'm seeing is I'm looking at Guy now. I'm like, Guy's about to say some outlandish shit. Failure is not an option for this podcast. Uh, <laughs> also, speaking into the same mic that uh, Dando assures me Joe Rogan uses, so um, yeah. expect some really uh, funky opinions about vaccination and things like that. And also, I don't know, what you, is it a mixing board, would you call it, Dando? This, uh, so basically, for, for all you listeners out there, what, what guy's trying to tell you is he has these fancy-ass headphones, a fancy-ass microphone, he has a short SM7B, which is, for all you podcasters out there, would be well aware, it's a pretty... Rigid Edge microphone, but he's got a Rodecaster Pro uh, soundboard. Uh, not a soundboard, like a panel kind of thing. So basically, it's what I've been using for the last several months. And I thought it's now time <laughs> that, you know, we've got the patrons are on board. They're supporting the show. I've quit my job. It's time a guy gets uh, more professional on his end as well. Because he's been using this little tin can that I gave to him about two years ago. And I haven't bothered upgrading his gear for him. I was using tin can and a string. But as you guys be well aware, listening to Guy's sultry voice now and his brand new microphone, you know it was worth the, uh, the upgrade. But thank you all to everyone who has jumped on board the Four Finger Discount uh, family on Patreon. Your uh, support has helped us upgrade our equipment. Guy now, as we said, has a new roadcaster. Pro SM7B microphone and new really good headphones and that would not be possible without your support. So massive thumbs up. Thank you guys so, so much. Thank you, fam. And if you want to see Guy wearing these fancy new headphones and talking to this fancy microphone, check us out on YouTube. It's a hell of a good time watching us do the show. It's just different. I, now when I edit the show, I edit it in Adobe Premiere Pro. So I edit the video version and then export the audio after that and then go from there, adding the clips and blah, blah, blah. A lot of editing, editing goes into the show, but it's just so much fun editing the show now with the visuals, it just makes it more enjoyable, more engaging from an editing perspective. I know that sounds geeky and nerdy, but now when I'm editing the show, I'm not just looking at sound waves. I'm looking at Guy's face. It's beautiful. Yeah, I think you'd rather be looking at sound waves and my mug. But uh, Dano is correct. Yes, it's, it's all very, uh, it's all looking very high tech at the uh, Davis branch of Four Finger Discount HQ here. Uh not, not only the stuff that he mentioned, but I also went out to our pals at, should I say our pals at Harvey Norman? Yeah, why not? Uh, and got a new laptop because, look, I'm not very technically, technically minded, but uh, everyone I recorded podcasts with said, uh, what's the problem with your laptop or your internet connection or you? Because everything was I can't see stuttering you. <laughs> and buffering and all that kind of business. I took it to my tech-savvy buddy, Steve, 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 Steve. (laughs) He said, you've got four gig memory in this thing. You need probably double that, ideally quadruple that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) So uh, we got on this uh, newfangled thing called the internet. 
looked up what to get, looked up how, where to get it for the best possible price, and uh, picked it up that day. So um, now, now I'm watching you, I'm doing the Zoom call. So it used to be, guys, honestly, I'd be doing a, a chat with, with a guy over Zoom. It's how we do the show. And all of a sudden, guy would just be freezing. And I'm just like, oh, God. Oh, God, there's going to be a headache to, to edit. So I've been having to like- <laughs> oh, oh, God, this is always death. I have to like chop the video up and then move this bit backwards so it's in line with his voice and then move it forward again. And that's a, it was chaos. But like we said, thanks to your support, we've been able to upgrade the gear full steam ahead. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. So look, that's uh, hopefully brought you all up to speed with uh, yes technical innovations here at the Four Finger Discount Network. What do you say, Dando? On with the show. Yes, Fat Man and Little Boy, an episode that I enjoyed a lot more than last week's episode. Yes, indeed. And also, you know, you, it's the title that could refer to Dando and myself, me being the fat man in this equation. <laughs> and I'm a little boy. Oh, man, I'm a bad little boy. <laughs> Would you rather be a fat man? <laughs> What's worse, being a fat man or a little boy? I think I'd rather be a fat man. Fat man usually means you're happy. Well, <laughs> It depends if you are actually a little boy. Yeah. <laughs> but no, the, the title aside, this was a really good episode. This is really fun. I enjoyed it. I really liked the way, I like the two stories, the way they tied together. I like Bart's dilemma of realising that he's not a little a little boy anymore. And I thought they handled that really well. It was very relatable. And I, I, although Homer had his moments throughout the episode, I really enjoyed that he had his kid's best interests at heart in the end. <laughs> That's true. He was a uh, a good dad for the most part, even when he was being a uh, irresponsible person. Well, also a passenger. Yeah. <laughs> yes. On uh, on Bart's success. Go figure. You're right, Homer, to be a good person. And fuck, it's a good story. Holy Christmas! Who would have thought? <laughs> Who knew? <laughs> Who saw that coming? But Dan, in all honesty, let, let's say yeah. that you know you're walking through the Geelong CBD, and all of a sudden you bump into some Hollywood big shot. It could happen. Look, takes a look at Elliot and goes, "Kid, we're going to reboot Home Alone, and we want you to uh, to be the star." And of course, Elliot goes, <laughs> "Just pull the Macaulay Culkin face yeah, for yes, those yes. of you who are not watching on YouTube." Go <laughs> to the slap. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and you know, we're going to pay him like ten million dollars a movie, um, you know, for a free three movie contract. Of course, you're going to you know hitch your wagon to that little boy and say, "Make me some money." Alec looks at me and goes, what does he mean, Dad? I'm not your dad. He's your dad. But what, what, you go with him now. <laughs> that boy's your, that man's your daddy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I thought the episode actually sort of, it, it delved into some interesting and provocative ideas, is maybe not the right word, but certainly potent ideas. I mean, about you know, being a provider for your family and what happens when the role that you traditionally have has sort of been usurped by yeah, the person you're meant to be providing for. I find that pretty interesting, and I think the show handled it in an interesting fashion. I completely agree. I didn't even look into it that much to the aspect of the story. That is really true, and it's it's it could work also. Just say, for example, the, the, the common theme, right, and it shouldn't be this way, but the common theme is always the man provides for the family, right? That's all, It's always so the test of time, the man provides for the family. But now it's not uncommon for the female of the relationship or you know, it could be female-female relationship, whatever, but in a, in a heterosexual uh, relationship for the woman to be the provider of the family. That's not uncommon now and that's normal and that's fine. But I still feel there'd be a lot of men out there who would be of the mindset of, oh, she's earning more than me. Does that make me less of a man? No, it doesn't at all. It means you're lucky. It certainly doesn't. No, <laughs> no. I mean, you, there's a little biology that comes into that. I mean, but there's also a lot of social programming that goes into it as well. So. Yeah. But I agree, they did handle it well in this episode. I think so. I think so. Yeah, there was just a, a, a bit of depth 
in this episode, but you know they didn't hit you over the head with it or anything like that. It just you know, if you if you got it, you got it. Great. If you didn't pick up on it, that's all good too because it was a good fun episode. Some uh, some good laughs, some good gags, some good character bits. When the goose guy came into it, I sort of went, "Oh, this could get really old really fast." But they didn't really have him in much of the episode, so it was fine. That's true. They recognised a little went a long yeah. way. And you could see the ending coming a mile away. But whatever. Sometimes the obvious ending is the right ending. That's very true. <laughs> I like how sort of clairvoyant they were in that everything's getting snapped up by Disney. Yeah, and how funny is it when you hear them make jokes like that in 2000, what was it, 2004, this episode? 2004, yep. Uh, and now they're owned by Disney. <laughs> it's the, the, the whole kit and caboodle. <laughs> Um, but yeah, overall, what I um I thought this was a really, really st- a big step up from last week's episode. Anyway, As this is more on what we we're expecting from season sixteen. You know, the first couple episodes, mm. no, not classics, but really good episodes. This one on par with, with two and three. Hey, my favorite. What were your favorite moments from the episode, Mister Davis? I, I was a big fan of the musical cues in this episode. I mean, I'm always down for a bit of right said Fred. I mean, I'm too sexy for my shirt is uh, just a bona fide classic and. Anytime you can throw that into a scene, very happy. But even better, you're ready for this. <laughs> Too unlimited, man. <laughs> I'm not a huge Space Jam guy. I know everyone thinks that... 90s kids always know it's the Space Jam song. <laughs> everyone knows it as the Space Jam song. I think I know it as the song that's like, drunk at the nightclub at 2am. Ah, Too unlimited. Got to say, that, that song's not actually on the Space Jam soundtrack. I'm not sure why. Maybe there was some no? sort of le- legal rights or whatever. But fuck, Space Jam has a banging soundtrack, man. If you want to just encapsulate <laughs> 90s, not 90s, I wouldn't say hip-hop, but like just 90s tunes, fucking get the Space Jam soundtrack. Apparently, it's like the biggest selling soundtrack of the 90s, or one of. It's great. Oh like, I fucking recommend it for anyone. It's so good. If, especially if you like <laughs> R. Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but your favourite moments? Oh, uh, so two. yeah, I like yeah. those very much. The- and um, I was just very partial to Homer's line when he was talking to Lenny and Gala about, you know what I've been getting into? Sleep until noon. Yeah, <laughs> so, I know, right? Yeah, man. Live the dream. It reminds me of me now. No, of course not. I've got two <laughs> small kids. <laughs> He's up at the crack of dawn, wrangling those kids and churning out content. This morning, I was up at six, no, quarter six, and I got Holly out of bed. Elliot was still sleeping. So I got Holly dressed, got her some breakfast. She's watching Monsters University. I'm editing podcasts. Elliot wakes up at about, oh, I'd say about seven o'clock, get him, get him dressed, get him some breakfast, start editing more podcasts. Nicola's still in bed. She gets to sleep in because, hey, she's up during the night. Get the kids to daycare, go to the physio. I'm back at home at 9.15 and I'm editing podcasts. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yes, good times indeed. I'd much rather be doing that. Than living sitting. the dream. That is living the dream, of course. I really enjoyed this episode, my favourite moments. So when Goose first goes to the house, <gasps> you broke in. <laughs> <laughs> There's just something about the delivery from Dan there where um, it's just the surprise, the glee, but it's also like, Hey, motherfucker, I know what you're doing there. You broke in. <laughs> I also liked that when he spent time with Lisa. Now, we've just we've mentioned before that I really enjoy the Homer Lisa moments now, more so now that I've got a daughter. But I just thought it was great the way that she's like, I'm going to the organic market, or whatever. And he's like, screw the market. We're going to Mexico. And she just goes with it as well. I thought, and hearing Lisa laugh and he's running around and giggling, it's moments like that that make you... It, it sort of encapsulates why you're a Simpsons fan. Mm. No other show or no other animated show for me relates to me like that it's just it's the little things like that that it makes you realize even in season 16 the show can still be the show that you love yes it's got a shit moments but they still give you little nuggets of joy 
just just like that. Like when they're chasing Flanders and he's wearing his flip-flops and things like that. It's just little moments like that where I'm just like, yeah, this is why The Simpsons is my favourite show. El Flanderito. I did enjoy that yes. very much. <laughs> I also enjoy Bart's Viking funeral for his toys and just the line of goodbye childhood. It's something that we all go through. We all get that moment where we realise... Oh, we're not a little kid anymore. You know, the fact that he gets rid of his toys and things like that. I've kept a lot of my toys from when I was a kid and Elliot now plays with them. And I get a lot of joy out of watching Elliot play with the toys that I played with when I was a little kid. I know it might sound silly, but I, it just, it brings a smile to my face. You may give your toys a, toys a, a Viking burial sometime around, you know, 11, 12, 13 or whatever. Give it 15, 16, 17 years and you will inevitably resurrect them. Like you take them to yes. the pet cemetery and bring them back. Uh, <laughs> because, uh, I mean, this, it, 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 anyone who tells you you're too old for your toys and stuff like that, don't just throw them out. Either it could be another kid out there who couldn't, whose parents can't afford toys or is, you know, doesn't have the, the privilege of having these toys. So take them to the, to the salvos or anything like that. But B, maybe just hang on to some of them because I guarantee you there will come a point in your life where you go, I remember that action man toy. Fuck, I wish I still had that. You like to have just little, little moments that are little things that remind you of the good times. It's like none of you saw the end of Toy Story 3. Oh, God. <laughs> you know, I mean, <laughs> you pass your toys on to the next generation of kids and you say, hey, yeah. Woody and uh, Buzz play it together like this. And then, you know, give it a few years and that girl will say, I'm sick of these toys. At which point you say, give them back. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Toy Story 3, what an ending. That's a, that, that, like, Toy Story 4, unnecessary. Toy Story 3 had the best ending. It wrapped it up perfectly. It was a perfectly, perfectly executed trilogy. You know, they, yep. they stuck the landing. But then they went back for a fourth one. <laughs> I mean, I, th I think we reviewed Toy Story 4 and we thought, that isn't bad, it's all right. You know, it's oh, it's fine, it's just unnecessary. It's got, you know, Keanu as Chuck Duke Kaboom or whatever his name yeah, was. Yeah. Or, yeah, that was all fine. But it's like, does everyone talk, talk about Toy Story 4 now? So like, I think people just say, Oh, I really like the Toy Story trilogy. It's like talking about Indiana Jones. No one acknowledges Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. What's Kingdom of the Crystal Skull? I don't know. I, I just made that up. <laughs> Aliens and shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so the, yeah, the Viking funeral, I enjoyed that you broke in, spending time with Lisa, and I, it's horrible. And I know it's not nice, but it's been a recurring theme throughout the series, so I'm really willing to run with it. Homer's disdain and meanness towards Grandpa. So Grandpa... <laughs> Get back in the garage, old man. The spiders in the boxes. Stay out of my boxes. <laughs> it's like, I know it sounds horrible. And people will say, well, that's just Homer being a joke. But they've always been mean to Grandpa. Whether, it, you know, there's wolves. I'm cold and there's wolves after me. Or Grandpa trying to get in or knocking on the window and Homer closing the blind and things like that. They've always been mean to Grandpa. Well, it's, all, it's you know, again, a comment on how we uh, just sort of shunt the elderly to one side and say, yeah. Uh, Look, thanks for raising us and you know, thanks for being the greatest generation. I'll, be, I'll visit but, you, you know, when it suits me. Just go, yeah, go sit in the corner for a while and don't do anything. Don't, 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 don't make <laughs> don't, me think about my impending mortality. Don't, don't do anything. <laughs> <laughs> Next question. You there, eating the paste. All right, Mr. Davis, it is time for some trivia. But we do a very special thing here on this podcast before we go into trivia, don't we? Uh, stretches. We do stretches, yes. And on top of the stretches, <laughs> we do Patreon shout-outs. Oh, of course. Beginning with our $20 patrons, who we love very dearly and help bring us the show each and every week by uh, and help you upgrade your equipment and just help bring us say. joy, as we do say. But joy is a theme on this week's podcast. A lot of joy going around. But the $20 patrons, starting off with the patron of the week, who is George McMenemy. What's his new name, Mr. Davis? I think I've probably given this to George in the past, but George, my have own we? worst enemy, McMenemy. Oh, have we already done that? All right, well, George. Oh no, no, no! Again. I think I've, I think 
it's just such a fun name to say that I probably threw that in back in the day. But you know, we're we're all about recycling here at uh, Fulfilling Discount. <laughs> you know, we're, um, we're 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 environmentally conscious. We're very green. So George, my own worst enemy, McMenemy. McGen- just in case we already have met him, the, the patron of the week. Let's go with Adam Sanderson as well. Adam the Sandman Sanderson. The Sandman. Maybe we've done him as well. <laughs> <laughs> I think I probably said that to myself every time his name comes. Like, don't say the Sandman. Don't say it. Keep it for keep it for nicknames. <laughs> oh, you're not listening. But uh, also shout outs to Christopher Trent Darby, Andrew Zur, Jordan Molman, Richie, Steamed Ham Champion, Dylan Haggett, Sally Kimberly, Hank Scorpio, Kevin Dental Plan Flood, Jonathan Rossi, Zach Pruitt from the You Can't Disappoint a Podcast, Community Podcast, uh, Timothy Burleson, Joel Yoland, Katie G, Daniel Kotnick, Shannon Hofer, Jenna Rice, Reese Roberts, Stephen Roberts, uh, Sean Devey, Bella Winderbank, David Stewart, Tom Pickering, Mark Boston Burgess, Groundskeeper Noah, Declan Phoenix, Lewis Kavanagh, Anthony Carpentieri, Jack McFadden, Heath Appleby, and our new $20 patron this week, Mr. Preston Murray. Thank you so much, guys, for your support. Also, shout-outs to our new patrons, uh, Little Sophs, Bo Wills, Dan Motta, Seth Boyster, Cameron Shields, Jordan Macy-Smith, Andrew Davis, Ash Raven, Alexander Heal, Zach the Ripper, and Hayden Blanche. And of course, our $100 patrons for the month, Elliot J, who wants us to review. He hasn't told us yet, actually. So it's a surprise. It's a mystery for us as well. You'll find out by the end of the month, patrons, what Elliot would like us to review, as well as Talia Enriquez, who wants us to review Run, Lola, Run. So that'll be going up on our Patreon as well, as Mr. Davis leans over on his desk. What's always oh, holding up Run, Lola, Run? There you go. For all you YouTube viewers out there, you can see Mr. Davis is holding up a copy. Is that a book? No, it's a DVD. On DVD. <laughs> so if you want to watch that in Australia, I believe it's on SBS. The app, oh, okay. The SBS. What's it called? Stuff SBS. On SBS online. SBS app, whatever that is. But yeah, that's where I'm going to yeah. source my run, Lola run. So thank you guys for your support. Remember, if you want to help support the show, help support my mortgage payments and be a part of the Four Figure Discount family where you get access to a bunch of exclusive podcasts, including Guy and Springfield, Tales of uh, Futurama, and much, much more, as well as early access to all the other shows we do here on Four Finger Discount, whether it be the South Park podcast, going to the South Park, Seinfeld, talking Seinfeld, the one about friends, and much, much more. Just go to patreon.com slash discount. Link is in the description of this video, slash podcast, slash wherever you are finding this podcast. All right, Mr. Davis, it is time for some trivia. Okay. My first question, Bart is shooting spitballs at Lisa using her unpublished novel or whatever, unfinished novel, right? Correct. What colour was the pony toy that he destroys with the spitballs? Oh. Oh, you thought I was going to go, what was the title of the book, didn't you? Well, I knew, well, I didn't think I had a title because it was unfinished. Having said that, you should always start with the, start with the title. <laughs> I, I want to say pink, but I could well be wrong. It was purple. I think it was either like a it was either 50-50 pink or purple. They're usually the My Little Pony colours, weren't they? Or light blue, I think, was quite popular for My Little Ponies, light blue. Yeah, for the for the dudes who are into for the bronies. I was never a um a My Little Pony girl myself, but I did have a sister who I don't think actually Stacy was ever into um My Little Ponies either. She was into Cabbage Patch Kids for a while. I think they were a thing. Remember those Cabbage Patch Kids? Yeah, those ugly fat little fuckers. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, what's your <laughs> first question? Um, what is Charmer's car? What does Charmer's drive? Ah, uh, uh, no, not Camry, because that's uh, Merca. No, he drives a Camry. That's what Chalmers drives. Did you say Chalmers or Skinner? I said Chalmers. Oh, sorry. Yeah, Chalmers drives a Camry and Skinner That's drives right. a Merca. Yes. Yeah, sucked you out. 
<laughs> my next question is how many teeth do we have if you have all of your natural teeth how many teeth would be in your head i want to say 32 correct well done mr davis yay yeah um how much does it cost to take one of those little car rides oh, i did not pay attention to that i'm going to say 10 cents Mm, well, inflation has got the best of you because it was 25 cents. 25 cents. A quarter. Right. Or a B. Five Bs for a dollar or something. Yeah. My next <laughs> question is, what type of car does Skinner now drive, which I've, <laughs> which I've answered oh, for you? <laughs> was it a Merca? Was it? it was oh. a Merca, yeah. Merca. <laughs> Sergeant Activity has to, has to climb what mountain? That's my next question. Mount Bloodkill. <laughs> yeah. And my final question is, what size shirt is Chief Wiggum? Oh, Wiggum? I don't know. He says extra, extra, extra. Uh, well, I thought that was comic book guy. No, it was Chief Wiggum when he's t- when he's shutting down Bart's stand. Okay, well he's th- he's extra, extra, extra large. Oh, he's five XL. Extra, 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 extra large. I thought that was um, I thought that was comic book guy when no, he's- comic book guy. He just, he just said because Bart just says what um how many shirts do you have in? He goes just one. It was once this and once that. I could oh, go on. oh, I'm, I'm a dope. Yeah. I'm, Sorry, I do get you. Yes, there was the break because he got the proud Nubian princess princess one, didn't he? Yes. Yeah. Ah, I thought there was comic book guy for some reason. No, I, no. I, I, was I, I, was mi- I was mixing up my big fat guy. <laughs> well, that's me done for trivia. Have you got any more questions for us? I have one last question for you. Hit me then. What does chum stand for? Uh, childlike humanoid. Is that the next one? Humanoid? Uh, shit. No, I, I did have it written down in my notes. Child What's the like rule? It's uh, Urban Machacho. You got it. Yeah. <laughs> don't hold my we, hand. I don't know if it's childlike or childhood. I've written down childhood, but you seem very confident in saying childlike. Oh, no, childhood's probably the right answer. And you're close enough, so I'm, you win this round. You win this round, Dando. Let me scroll down and have a look at my notes. Let me have a look. I'll have it somewhere. I've written childlike in my notes as well, but we should double check because I do not like to make mistakes here on this podcast, although we do make plenty of them. We do. I think that's why people tune in, so they can sort of feel superior to us. Yeah, yeah. That's why we do this show, to make other people feel good. I'm just looking at myself, by the way, on the camera here. I look rather disheveled. My sister hasn't had time to go over and cut my hair. I haven't shaved. I feel like a mess, so I do apologize to all the viewers out there. But, you know, we're still bringing you hours of joy here. I look fantastic today. I've I've got high def on the camera now. I mean... With the episodes we were putting up on um, on YouTube, and I'm sure the viewers will agree, it's like, what's wrong with the guy's teeth, and why is he out of focus, and um, you know, why doesn't he have a bag on his head? Well, you know, you know, Hello, Uncle You said, Ga- you said your guy. name was Handsome Bob. <laughs> <laughs> you said your name was Handsome Guy. <laughs> for those of you who have no idea what we're talking about, we just reviewed Terence and Philip in Not Without My Anus for our Going Down to South Park podcast available. That episode's up on Patreon right now, but it'll be up in a couple of weeks on the free feed as well. But you can find the complete first season of that episode now available on our YouTube channel, which is uh, youtube.com slash TV, as well as the Going Down to South Park feed as well. So if you want to subscribe to that via Spotify or iTunes, you can find it there as well, as well as Talking Seinfeld, available via Spotify and uh, iTunes and wherever you do find your podcasts. Correct. Yeah. Lots of stuff coming out of the Four Finger Discount Network lately. So much stuff. So much <laughs> so content. Much stuff. This, this is the winter of this content. Yes. All right, guys. That is I trivia that for Fat Man and <laughs> Little Boy. We'll be right back after this short break. It'll be only a short break with our full in-depth review. Oh, yeah. 
If you're a fan of everything we do here at Four Finger Discount, you can show your support by joining the family at patreon.com slash fourfingerdiscount. Here you'll get ad-free early access to all of our shows, Zoom calls with Guy and myself, as well as bonus podcasts such as Tales of Futurama and Guy on Springfield, where we go back and revisit classic episodes from the first 10 seasons. So go ahead and join the family today at patreon.com slash fourfingerdiscount. The original air date of Fat Man and Little Boy was December 12, 2004. It was written by Joel H. Cohen and directed by Mike B. Anderson. There was no uh, chalk gag, unfortunately. Again, we've lost the full intro, but the couch gag was the Simpsons are all sitting on the couch, just normally, and the camera zooms out, and we get one of those very scary-looking fish. They're called anglefish, I believe, and they've got the ones with the light in their heads. They're, they're like the monster fish in all the monster, all the, all the fish movies, and um, Elliot, Elliot knows them as the... Um, what does he call them? Nightmare fish, I think. <laughs> That's very apt. Yeah, yeah, because they are terrifying. <laughs> That's well named by Elliot. They are terrifying, and he was very disappointed he didn't Gusteau. see. We took him to the um to the aquarium in Melbourne, and he was very disappointed he didn't see a nightmare fish. All he wanted to see was the, the scary nightmare fish. <laughs> so I'm pretty sure they live at the depths of the ocean, the, the bottom the bottom of the ocean. Hence their little headlight. Yeah, there's some scary shit at the bottom of the ocean, man. Yeah, I'm, ne- I'm never going down there. Uh, one of the original writers of The Simpsons, Mike Reese, I, I follow him on Facebook. His wife, Denise, actually runs his social media for him, but she just he, basically his life now is just going around and traveling the world. It looks like he's just living the best life, just living his best life. But recently, <laughs> he went down on a sub and to the actual Titanic wreckage. Oh, he pulled a James Cameron. Yeah, yeah. He, was all, he went all the way down there and there's videos of him doing it and stuff. It's like, it's incredible. And he reckons he was like literally meters from from the actual wreckage he said it was just an incredible experience i i, I so personally cool. would be terrified but it must be so cool being down there oh absolutely i'm i'm a huge fan of people like that who have the opportunity to cash out and yeah. they just spend the rest of their life like i think i might go visit dope places you know what, what maybe am i enjoy do some today? good food yeah, yeah just do what i feel like yeah yeah well we'll be when we sell you know for the five finger <laughs> the five finger. Yeah, they'll rename it the five finger discount network. Uh, we sell it. To, we sell, sell it to Disney, <laughs> and they turn us into a movie. <laughs> <laughs> when we sell the four finger discount network to Disney or Rupert Murdoch, or, you know the billionaire mm. tyrant or something like that. Yeah, that's. We'll just do that. Have the best Instagram account on the internet. It's. I. I I've sung the praise of this guy on this show. I am sure before, but the dude just known as MySpace Tom. The guy who created MySpace, yeah, sold it to Murdoch for something like half a billion or whatever. Now he just goes around the world taking photos of like, hey, look at this cool mountain. <laughs> Wait, is Tom a real guy? MySpace Tom. I'm pretty sure he's a real dude. Holy shit! Does he, take, does he pull that same pose in every photo? Please tell me he does that. I don't think he pull. I think that's just the stock photo that people use him because it's just like, got my money. I'm out of here. Because I, I, that was like, everyone had that photo of, obviously, Tom was your first friend on MySpace whenever you sign up for MySpace. God, MySpace, that takes me back. It's crazy, yeah. isn't is it? Is it the one where he's sort of looking over his shoulder a bit? Yeah, it's like, it's like a chalkboard or something in front of him. Yeah, yeah. He yeah. should totally just go around taking that exact same pose in front of all famous things. <laughs> that would be an incredible Instagram account. I'd love that. I'm going to check yeah. that out, MySpace Tom. I hope that is actually a thing. But uh, the episode kicks off Mr. Davis, of course, Fat Man and Little Boy, with Lisa and Janie singing Miss Lucy Had a Steamboat. Now, this was originally going to be used in a season three episode when Flanders failed. 
They scrapped it, obviously for time or whatever, but they decided to use it here. I'm so glad they did because I love Homer being scandalized. Yeah, and I read several reviews on this episode leading up to it and every one of them said, Ugh, there's a reason this was canned in the season three. It's just pointless and unfunny. And I was like, Pardon this me? was good. Even like Nicola, Nicola got a good laugh out of it as well. Like, it's it's simple, but it works. I'm sorry, but to quote Jane Austen, excuse the fuck out of me. What wrong? That's fantastic. It's a great opener. I think I think what's happened is, and I know this a couple of these reviews were written a long time ago, but I think it's just got to the point where it's almost just become. Uh, maybe we're past that point now, but there was a while there where people were just saying The Simpsons was bad for the sake of saying it was bad. A lot of them weren't even watching it anymore. A lot of people who, you know, we put up a, a saying, you know, we re- reviewed a season six and episode, like, oh, The Simpsons was shit by then. I'm like, yeah, was it? Or was it just in your opinion? Did, were you actually watching the show at that point? Because we're going back and revisiting it and it's actually pretty fucking good. So yeah. I think I think people are just looking to find the, the negatives in the show for some unknown reason because... I know, they cry babies. But yes, all I can indeed. say is, they're wrong, like you said. This was funny. <laughs> indeed. Message to the haters, stop hating. Miss Lucy had a steamboat, the steamboat had a bell. Miss Lucy went to heaven and the steamboat went to... <gasps> Hello, operator, oh. get me number nine. And if you disconnect me, I'll chop off your behind <gasps> the refrigerator. <gasps> there was a piece of glass. Miss Lucy sat upon it and it cut her big fat. <laughs> Ask me no more questions. I'll tell you no more. Ow! Bart starts shooting spitballs and spitballs were the worst in school. Oh, I'd rather be spit on than a spitball. I don't know. It's just the idea of a spitball sticking to you. It's like, uh, I think I prefer the spitball to actual spit. Um, yeah, you're probably right. But spit's yeah. just gross. It's the yeah. worst. Especially when they, <laughs> when they when they started off with doing that. Apologies, listen to that sound. You know, it's just oh, when yeah. they got a real loogie going. You're like, oh, no. <laughs> yeah, this is going to suck. This is going to suck. I, I was watching recently. It's on Disney Plus in mm-hmm. Australia. A show called Pistol. It's a six-part uh, drama about the early, or the origin of the sex pistols. Being told this is good. It's actually not too bad. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's surprising. And... It's the last thing you'd expect on um, on Disney Plus. Hey, look, I, I found Prey on Disney Plus. I'm like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> that is true. <laughs> oh, look, there's all manner of quite gnarly shit on Disney Plus. Yeah. It's great. Yeah, and this is actually it's it's pretty good. I mean, it's by Danny Ball, the guy who directed Train Spotting. So you know, it's got a bit of a little little bit of cred to it. Edge, but yeah, yeah. But the thing that always the thing that kept me from being a punk <laughs> was. Um, they showed appreciation for bands and each other by spitting on each other. I'm like, I can't do it, man. Just can't do it. <laughs> so they appreciated another band if they spat on them. If you liked the band, you'd sort of run up to the uh, to the front of the stage and, and you okay. know, spit a big loogie. Not for me. <laughs> no, wait. <laughs> can't we bet that everyone just has a good time? Can't you just walk up and go, yay. Yeah, give me, give good, show. good show. Good <laughs> show. Well done, Pistols. And if you really liked it, it's a jolly good show. <laughs> anyway, Anarchy yeah. in the UK, right on. But is uh, apologies to all the UK listeners out there. I have a UK wife, so I'm allowed to make fun of the accent, right? Is that right? Oh, I was paying tribute to the to the accent with my British. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, but very cold of Bart to use the yeah. um, the unfinished novel as ammunition. I mean, uh, and which, which is titled, by the way, it says on the front cover, "They promised me ponies." <laughs> That's great. I like yeah. that. I like that very much. But yeah, it's. Oh, have you seen Little Women? Any rendi- any version of the Little Women? No. The only uh, memory I have of Little Women is Mo reading it. 
to the to the people at home <laughs> they the were women. Yeah, uh, it's it's a it's a plot point in Little Women that you know okay. the, uh, the Joe, the main little woman, is a is a would be writer, and she's you know churned out a fair few pages of this uh, of this book, but then she's allowed to go to the dance one night, and her willful little sister Amy isn't, so Amy burns that novel, the only copy handwritten. It's like. There's no coming back from that. I would never forgive my sister if she did that. <laughs> Fuck no. It was handwritten. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, Little Women is set in older times. Yes, the new yeah, version with Saoirse Ronan and Florence Pugh and uh, everyone's favourite dream boy, Timothy Chalamet, it's really good. I like it a lot. So, um, yeah, you might want to check it out one of these nights, Dent. Lisa is being bombarded, as we said, with, um, with spitballs made out of her unfinished novel. And then she races up to the treehouse and she notices blood on one of them. He says, look, she says, look, I'm bleeding. But they realise it's actually Bart's loose tooth. The animation of his tooth was both gross and glorious all at once. It was so well. The sound effects just, ugh, it just took me back to when you had a loose tooth. You were able to feel that loose tooth just wriggling in your mouth when you were watching it. Gross. Yeah, and that, just that feeling when it, it's, it's, it's so nearly close. There. You can feel the... Yeah. They have a little bit. I don't know what you call them. The, the little root kind of bit or whatever. Yeah, that feeling of that 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 tooth when it's almost out. You can't describe it. It's almost. I remember when I was a kid. I was like, "This is so fun. I don't want this tooth to fall out." Like I would mm. deliberately eat food on the opposite side of my mouth. Cause I'm like, I want to get all the sympathy I can with this tooth. And like you, you were the cool kid at school when you had a loose tooth. Everyone's like, "Ah, oh, show me your tooth." You're like, "Here it is." Yeah, <laughs> you grossed out the girls, and yeah, all the all the guys thought you were gross, but cool. So you were the cool kid at school. <laughs> But, um, but yeah, having a loose tooth took me back. And um, then Lisa dares him to twist it. You won't do it. He does, obviously, screams. We're now at school. And as Milhouse explains, that's the money tooth. You know, that's where you get the biggest money. So he tries using the bus driven by Otto to pull it out. But he just crashes straight into Chalmers Camry. And he Skinner offers him the, uh, the mocha. But filled with your Burger King cups and wrappers. No, thank you. Uh, that takes me back. <laughs> my, <laughs> car was, yesterday. my car was a mobile tip for God knows how long. How long has it been now? Oh, no, I'm <laughs> First of all, get fucked. Um, <laughs> secondly, no, but back in my in my teenage years, with my first car, it's like, why didn't you just throw that McDonald's bag in the bin? Yes. Why did you? <laughs> why is it on the floor? Yeah. Why did you just throw it over your shoulder into the back seat? There's a great <laughs> um, uh, a thing on the Onion, the satirical newspaper, where it's, I think it's just a headline gag, which is like, you can just shove that shit in the back seat over. <laughs> and um, I linked to it and just said, me. And so many of my friends who have, who have had to get in the back of my car said, yes, you. Because <laughs> <laughs> honestly, I was like living out of my car because I just had so much just shit in there, like books or CDs or a blanket or whatever. It's all over the back seat. And if anyone had to get in the back, it was like, eh, you can just shove that shit over. So Marge is struggling with the potato masher, trying to pull it out of a drawer. This is a real thing. You know, you shove the, the wrong... The, it's all, and it's always the potato masher because it's this big steel thing. <laughs> it's fucking hard to pull out. But she struggles. She pulls it out and uh, knocks Bart's tooth out. And Bart's happy about it. But unfortunately, Homer has got a utensil of some kind stuck in his it's head. Stuck in his head. Great visual. Yes. <laughs> God, please give your daughter, the Tooth Fairy, the strength to carry my cash and the integrity not to dip her wand in the till. What the? The Tooth Fairy's made a donation in my name to the United Way? That gossamer witch! Marsha has to explain to him, well, she realizes it's your last tooth, so maybe she thought it would be a good idea to give you a grown-up gift. I would be furious if I got that when I was a kid. 
I too would call the Toothuria Gossam a witch. Yeah, I would not <laughs> not be happy at all. And Homer points out, well, you're not a little kid anymore, mate. Look, in the right light, you're starting to grow your muzzle. I like that visual as well. I thought it was chocolate milk. <laughs> <laughs> Bart tries to act like a kid You know, he says, I'm still a little boy He starts using a toy car and realises Oh wait, this isn't fun anymore it, it, That reminded me of when You find an old TV show that you used to watch when you were young You're like, oh, I haven't seen this show in years And you put it on and you go Oh, I wish I had left that in my memory Yeah It's really not that good I used That to, was good for eight-year-old Dando Yeah Not 16-year-old Dando No, no, I don't enjoy this anymore The, bu- the bullies, you know, they go to make fun of him And they realise what he's going through So they actually comfort him I knew I wasn't. Uh, I knew I was an adult when they said to me, "I'm now trialing you as an adult." Well, there's one thing no one can take away: my childlike imagination. Sergeant Activity, your mission is to scale the icy walls of Mount Bloodkill. Must defeat Doctor Blizzard and the Avalanchoids. Uh. Lieutenant Adventure. What are you doing here? You're quite the daredevil, Sergeant Activity. It's high time you protected yourself with supplemental disability insurance. At my age? Can I qualify? You'd be surprised. If you're a non-smoker, it can cost just a few dollars a month. What's happening to me? Maybe I'm not a kid anymore. Man, I am getting old because this relates to me now. <laughs> just like, oh, yeah. tell me more. <laughs> yes, is this a necessary uh, addition to my portfolio of insurances? Mm. Probably the case. Bart realises, yep, he's not a kid anymore. So he starts packing up all of his toys and he drops the line, goodbye, childhood. Such a sad line. I just thought that just the way Nancy read it, it was just goodbye, childhood. It's just, ah, oh, hit me in the heart. Poor Bart. So he gives his toys a Viking funeral. We hear Dust in the Wind playing in the it's background. Tune, Good choice of the song. Tune of Dust in the Wind. Yeah. Dust in the Wind. Uh, sea, sea Captain tries to talk to Bart, but he's not having none of it. Yeah, that was kind of a weird way to incorporate Sea Captain into the scene. Does it, I don't think it really needed it. But it did give us the lovely poem, Nothing Gold Can Stay, written by your friend and mine, Robert. You want some frost? Snow! Man! Was it really? Okay, I did not know yeah, that. Nothing Gold Can Stay was written by Robert Frost. There you I, go. I'm sorry, I fucked up the Nothing Gold Can Stay. Sorry, the, the snowman bit, but you know. Man! <laughs> I just love that. That's one of, I don't know why it's one of my favourite parts of all The Simpsons. I just, I just yeah, you, love you, it so You've got that moment, you've got the, the baby looked at you. <laughs> baby, I looked at you. <laughs> No, what was the other one? Oh, Devil's, Ab- Ad- uh, Devil's Advocate. Devil's Advocate, yeah. Yep. Yeah, you've had your moments. <laughs> Thank you, Simpsons. But um, he's laying in bed the next day. He's slept in. He just can't get out of bed. He's so depressed. And Lisa says, you better hurry up if you want a pancake because good luck. Dad's already pulled his chair up to the stove. I like that it's just left at that. They've just created this visual of Homer just dragging his chair up to the stove because it just felt old school Simpsons. Like that is something you could see Homer doing. You know, Dad's pulled his chair up yep. to the stove. Lisa suggests, you know, if you're depressed, do what I do. Write something, you know, a novel or a play. This next line could do without, but hey, 20 years old. Let's like, let's, let's do something that's not gay. I'm like, yeah, whatever. Move on. He then decides to write on his shirt. And Marge here, her outrage. But someone wrote something cynical on your shirt. Now, we've had this story before. No, not this story, but we've had... Uh, well, Bart wearing the a T-shirt, magazine. the Mad the Mad Magazine shirt. So we've kind yeah. of had this before, but it was taken down. Take, they took a different route with it this time, which I which I thought was good. But um, the shirt here says. No, I actually took the, the time here, listeners, to write down every single shirt in this episode. I knew you would do it, so I did not. 
<laughs> you hoped I would do it. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you would do it, so I said no. <laughs> so this one here says, adults suck, then you are one. I thought, good shirt. I like it. <gasps> Bart, someone wrote something cynical on your shirt. Mm-hmm. Let me wash it off. Leave me alone. This expresses my rage at the machine. Well, I like T-shirts with a nice joke, like support our troops. Bart's shirt is a classic, Marge. Just like keep on trucking. As if I would ever want to stop trucking. It's incredible. That, that was a... I read this the other day and it made a lot of sense to yeah. me. It's like, if, if you grew up in... <laughs> no one outside of me is going to relate to this. <laughs> but if you grew up in the 70s or you were around in the 1970s, you honestly got thought trucking and truck culture was massive. And it kind of was. But, I mean, you know, there was the song Convoy. Yeah, Convoy. You know, there's all those Burt Reynolds things where, you know, they got the truck full of beer that they're trying to take across county lines. Um, BJ and the Bear. Are you aware of the TV show BJ and the Bear? I am David? not, no. You had me at BJ, though. That's true. It is <laughs> not what you think. <laughs> Be careful when you Google this. Um, but it's about uh, truck driver BJ McKay and his best friend Bear. Guess who Bear is? I have no idea who. Bear's a chimp. Bear's a chimpanzee. Oh, of course he is. Oh, it's a truck like- driver and his chimpanzee buddy, Getting into adventures week after week. That sounds amazing. It's so cool. <laughs> BJ and the Bear. Is is Convoy the theme for this show? No, it is not. Oh, I imagine Convoy man. was the inspiration for this show. Because Convoy was huge. Convoy was just a song that, you know, people were just saying 10-4 rubber ducky. You'd say it to people in the street and they'd know what you were talking about. They wouldn't punch you in the face. I don't know whether what this says about me, but I remember um, it's my Uncle John, and I haven't seen him for a while, but he used to have... What's it when you used to a walk? Not a walkie-talkie, but um, CB radio. Yeah, CB radio. He had a CB radio. I thought it was the fucking greatest thing of all when I could interfere with other people's conversations. So like, I would go on there and just fuck with people. And I like, I look back now and go, "What were you doing, mate?" But like, it was just so fun listening on in on these conversations and just going, "Excuse me," or or of them going, them talking and then going, "Mm-hmm," and then going, "What?" And it's just, <laughs> then the, the the moment they realise someone's listening to them, they're like, "Ah." Fuck off, you little shithead! Like they get so angry, and I'm like, "Ha ha!" I thought I was like the mastermind, but like it was just—it was such a fun time. <laughs> May I recommend a very good movie to you yeah. called Joyride, aka Roadkill, starring Roadkill. Um, okay. the late Paul Walker. It's a—it's a thriller where this uh, these two brothers are driving cross country, and they're in this secondhand car, and the secondhand car's got an old CB radio into it. And the brothers, the older brothers, like. This is like, you know, old-time internet. You know, you yeah, yeah. just talk out there and people listen. And they start, start to play a prank on this uh, on this truck driver. And the truck driver turns out to be a psycho and starts stalking them all across the country. It's really good. That sounds <laughs> awesome. Yeah, it's really rad. I don't know if it's on, again, Disney+. Plus. might be on Amazon Prime. But, uh, yeah, by all means, check it out. Did you say, really did you say Pirate Bay? I, I certainly did not. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> I would never. Where were we up to? How did we get to that? <laughs> we were talking about, uh, well, hang on, let's rewind. CB radio. Oh, yeah. Keep on trucking. Keep on trucking. <laughs> <laughs> in my in my mind palace, in my Sherlock mind palace, I find myself just sort of hitting like the back button. Like on Rewind. Rewind. It's like, rewind, what was it? Yeah. What was it? What was it? What was it? Okay, there, there it was. <laughs> yes. And continue. So he gets onto his school bus and everyone's like, oh, that shirt's amazing. That, 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 I was it database. It'll cover up my, my boy boobs nicely. <laughs> <laughs> database. Love that guy. Then we get the I'm too sexy montage, as you were saying earlier. 
an incredible song. It'll never be old. It'll never be not amazing. Yeah. The good thing about it is I don't think there is a person alive who listens to this song and doesn't immediately think they're sexy. Oh, yeah. Like I know what it is. It just takes over you and you immediately think, oh no, I'm I'm pretty good looking. I can yeah. I can I can I can flaunt this. I can make this work. Yeah. <laughs> like I've I've never been at a nightclub. Because this would have been like 1992-ish, right? That song? Yes. Early 90s? I wasn't old enough to be at nightclubs at that point in time. And it was just never really got played at nightclubs when I was going out clubbing. Mm-hmm. I can imagine though, being at a club and that song being played, it would have been huge. Man, guy just pulled the funniest face ever. What? Oh, was, you're sneezing. You should have seen it. Guy, guy just like took a sip of his coffee and then pulled a face like, I just made a terrible mistake. <laughs> I was like, what? what just happened? But no, you were sneezing. Okay. That's true. Sorry about that, folks. <laughs> but that's fine. But as I was saying... I can imagine that being in a nightclub and that song being played, everyone would have just gone off and thought they were just incredibly sexy. Like you were going home with somebody that night. It's funny. I, I don't. I hate to dispute you, Dana, but I mean, I, I don't think it was one that actually got people rushing to the dance floor all that really? much. Really? Yeah. Wow. I, could, I thought it would be the complete opposite. I thought that would be, yeah. I mean, was, I suppose if you've got either that or I like big butts, I like big butts is going to get you to the dance floor. That's correct, yeah. Um, the Only Way Is Up. By Yaz is one that uh, always got people on the dance. And Jump Around, right? Jump Around did a fair bit. Do you do you remember a band called East 17? I I know of them. I don't know. Yeah, they're like songs, a bunch yeah. of... It's like a British boy band, except they're all yeah. chavs. They had a song called It's All Right. Oh, I know that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I remember that being a real banger. That actually, yeah, that got people moving. All right, but anyway, getting back to the episode. So Bart's on the bus, and yeah, he's, everyone likes his show. He's doing the I'm Too Sexy montage. So the, the shirts that we get in this montage are Life Ends at 10, Bored in the USA, this shirt sucks, everything sucks, sucking sucks, wake me up when it's recess, and then we get Milhouse saying, can I swap this shirt? I need that shirt. I'll swap it for Puppy Goo Goo. She still has her original strawberry scent. Oh, that dog just looked hideous. Oh, <laughs> loved, loved too much. Much loved. Yeah, much yes. loved, yes. Too much loved. Elliot's got this, This we call it the bunny, the little rabbit comforter thing. Ooh. <laughs> It's a thing of nightmares. It's just, it's just, it looks rank, smells rank. Uh, Nicola washes it like twice a day and it still stinks, but he <laughs> he just loves it, man. It's, it's his comfort. Well, yeah. I mean, you have that when you're a little guy. I mean, yeah. uh, I had uh, my stuffed dog, Sam. Okay. And I'm trying to describe how Sam would have looked because Sam looked like he'd been uh, on the beach at the start of Saving Private Ryan. Yeah. yeah um, one eye was out. I uh, had a big chunk out of his snout that, like a bit of flesh, had just sort of folded over, and you know bits were coming out. Um, neck was broken, <laughs> sort of lolling around. So, uh, but I, I love the shit out of that little pal. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he, he was my bud. I loved Sam. I don't know yeah. where he is now. Sam, buddy, miss you, babe. <laughs> I've still got my um my original tea that I used to have like a comforter. And it was given to me on the day I was born. And I've still got it here in Elliot's wardrobe. And it's incredible. I've got a photo of me next to it when I, on my, my very first day I was born. And I've got a photo of Elliot the very first day he was born next to it as well. It's um, oh. it was a really cool little um side-by-side that we were able to make as a result of that. So sometimes That's it's good to sweet. keep your toys when you're a kid. You can do cool little visuals like that. But <laughs> then he, um, uh, Bart says to Milhouse, my attitude isn't for sale. Wait a minute. Of course it is. And I'm like, yes, this is this is me. When I was a like 10-year-old, I'm, I was always trying to figure out ways to make money, always on the hustle. <laughs> well, I mean, well, I've been merchandising Bart since episode one. So yeah, that yeah. attitude has always been for sale. It's like cow exactly. man. Don't have a cow. Exactly right. And that's definitely the joke they were going for there. So we, um, we start selling shirts at the front of his um, at the front of his house. 
the best shirt here. I loved it. And whenever you see um, uh, like, like uh, articles about adult jokes in The Simpsons that whenever you had as a kid thing, you never see this one. Up the top, it said, Pobody's Sherfit Knithead. <laughs> I was like, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> it's not quite, <laughs> what is it? Uh, Sneed's Feed and Seed. No, not quite that. No. Or, or Chuck's. Well, formerly Chuck's. Yeah, formerly Chuck's. That's right. Yes. <laughs> My other T-shirt is also a joke shirt. Um, I've puked more beer than you've drunk. Uh, impeach everybody. Think globally. Fart locally. Weapon of ass destruction. I love heart attacks. Is uh, the shirts in that scene there? Flan, all the people start racing up to buy some shirts. Why everyone in Springfield wants to buy these shirts that are just a plain shirt with Bart writing on them? I don't know, but whatever. Nor do I. I, I dug the uh, I love heart attack shirt because it's yeah I heart. Heart attacks. Heart attacks. Yeah. The love heart symbol, yep. Then Flanders walks up and he buys all of the get bent shirts because he thinks it means, you know, get down and pray. Uh, Hibbert <laughs> buys a do not resuscitate. I'll take 12 because get him out of some sticky situations. Then Mo mentions that he wants uh, shirts of Calvin peeing on things. And I'm like, who the fuck is Calvin? And I realized when I looked it up, it's that character you used to see on the back of cars of yes. Calvin peeing on things. <laughs> I never knew his name was Calvin. Calvin and Hobbes, the, uh, the, yeah, the, um, the cartoon strip. Yeah, I didn't know that was an actual thing. Yeah. <laughs> but then Wiggum comes in and shuts it down. He breaks the, the light on the back of Bart's shoe, which I thought was a nice little touch. Mm. And he, um, Bart says, I can't afford protection from you and Nelson. So then he steals all his shirts and gets the proud Nubian princess. We come back from commercial. Or oh, maybe it's not commercial, not too sure. But uh, Lisa says, don't worry, Bart. Maybe it's time we just have to go legit and start selling them in stores. And you get a little thought bubble here from Sergeant Activity and Lieutenant Adventure. And they're just reminding Bart that he's not a little kid anymore, but he tells him to go away. And I, I, you know, this is cheap and it's easy, but I like the way that just rub it in your face. Oh, yeah, the Springfield Novelty Expo. That's tomorrow. <laughs> How convenient <laughs> for this story. So we're now at the expo and all the various stalls include that we see the names of. We've got Finger Fun, Erotic Ashtrays, Genuine Fake Stuff, Hairy Golf Balls, Exploding Hearing Aids, Buzz, Untoastable Bagels. There's just a guy there with like giant dice and it's like a magician kind of guy. It went past really quickly, so I couldn't quite get the names of those ones. As well as Poison Ice Cubes who are offering free samples, <laughs> which I liked. <laughs> and they said, oh I like, my God, I like Finger Fun because I was expecting to see us there. Yeah, maybe we can do a live and a no B from there one day. <laughs> uh, but they um they, they see the, uh, a poo walking down. Oh my God, a small retailer. He can make or break us. And then a poo goes up to the mood lollipops. Like a poo just feels all, all powerful there. You know, just he didn't go there ever to um, invest in anybody. He just wanted to feel powerful. And you know, if this, you know, this doesn't encapsulate my feeling. If blue is the color of unimpressed, and then we then see Bart stand and he's got some more shirts there. He's got bored in the USA again. Jews for Jeebus. Don't blame me. I voted for Scooby Doo. Body by Oreo. And if you can read this, the backpack fell off. Oh, you also got stop staring at my man boobs as well. Now, what I liked in this scene here, and what I liked throughout the whole episode really was that Bart felt vulnerable throughout throughout the entire episode he although he was making a lot of money and things like that so he was successful he still felt like a 10 year old he was being taken advantage of by his family but he was easily manipulated and he always like i said he throughout the entire episode he felt vulnerable he felt like a 10 year old who had lucked into something and was being taken advantage of but i just liked his 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 voice here when he says, my, my mum says she likes them. Like he's, he's really he's really trying with this. He's putting it out there. He's putting it all on the line. And yeah, I just like the, the vulnerability in his voice there. 
But then, of course, he's going to be vulnerable when Krusty rocks up and destroys everything with the Krusty and Friends funware made for kids by kids. <laughs> and we pass the <laughs> slavings on to you. What a line Fantastic that is. Fantastic line. Love <laughs> that, yeah. That's like up there with like the best Krusty lines ever. Made for kids <laughs> by kids. We bring the slave slavings on to you. Krusty Show t-shirts are made for kids by kids. And we pass the slavings on to you. <laughs> We've got all your favorite characters. Itchy, Scratchy, Poochie, Austin Powers Itchy, Itchy Poochie, Scratch Bob Itchpants, Confederate Itchy, and Osama Bin Scratchy. Oh. That's just what happens though. You just get, you, know, you have your three or four core main characters and you just fucking milk it dry. Like, yes, Alex exactly. collects these, um... Elliot collects these uh, Disney cars, like die-cast little mini-cars from the movie Cars that he, that he likes. Mm-hmm. And I swear he's got like 15 different Lightning McQueens, like Lightning McQueen <laughs> with leaves, Lightning McQueen smiling, Lightning McQueen with dirty wheels, Lightning McQueen wearing goggles. It's the same fucking thing with a little extra attached to it. <laughs> they saw you coming. You got a new hat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, but, and all this while uh, Two Unlimited's You're Ready For This is playing. Actually, yes. The song is actually called Get Ready For This. Get ready for this, okay? Yes. Yeah, what a song that is. But, not uh, a, to, to, to all of us and forevermore, it's just going to be, you're ready for this? That, yeah. Don't call it by its real name. Call it by no. its true name. Exactly. You um, you are not alive. You're not a real person if you hear that song and not, not just want to dance immediately. It's just Yeah, you, you just sort of prick up a little bit. You hear that? Yeah, you're like, you, you just ready for this. Do, 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 Even do, if you don't do. show it on the outside, inside you're going, oh, yeah. <laughs> like, like you are moving, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but Bart walks outside. It's all sad, but at least he's still got his health. But then he unfortunately gets run over by Goose Gladwell, who thinks his shirts are humilarious. He's got 20 stores in 30 states, and he wants to sell these in most of them. <laughs> but he gives Bart his phone number. We see it, so of course they have to change it. I'll, I'll call you. He then starts mass producing the shirts. And we've got Top of the Dude Chain, America's Least Wanted, and Wish You Were Beer. And it's on the cover of Chesswear Monthly where he's wearing a shirt that says, uh, Stop World Hunger, Eat My Shorts. <laughs> and the subheadings are Public cotton, public Cottons to Simpsons Shirts and Pocket Tees are at a crossroads. Pocket Tees are actually really successful now. They're huge. People love I Pocket like, Tees. I'm, I'm a fan of a Pocket Tee. You, you can't have too many pockets. I've got a really good Simpsons bootleg Pocket Tee. It's in my pocket. You can just see the top of someone's head. And when you look inside the pocket, it's Lenny saying, Don't don't tell anyone how I live. <laughs> Clever. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's one of my favourite Simpsons shirts for sure. Speaking of, if you guys missed out on our Simpsons beanies that we launched uh, last month, the Homer and Hedges and Homer Cinnamon Bun beanie available at Uncle Rico, have no fear. We have two new ones coming very, very shortly. And not only are they coming shortly, not only are the Simpsons beanies, but they will be glow-in-the-dark beanies. So if you want those, make sure you head I don't think they'll, they'll be up when this podcast goes up, but they're coming. So look out on our Facebook page for us to uh, be promoting those. They'll only be up for a couple of weeks, but they'll be glow-in-the-dark Simpsons beanies, and they are excellent. There's a little hint at what you might be getting on the glow-in-the-dark Simpsons beanies. As I've said in the past, Dando, that's good spruiking. <laughs> we then get uh, the family. They're all proud of Bart and how he's making all this money. And then Goose arrives. <gasps> you broke in. And nothing makes them happier than when an eccentric single man takes an interest in their child. <laughs> very nice molestation. Gag. Yes. <laughs> Only on this podcast where you hear someone say, very nice molestation gag. <laughs> we appreciate it. Uh, he gives them all this money. Wow, look at all that cash. And he leaves in a big little hurrah. What a delightful sprite. A sprite. <laughs> That's a good line. So, so he's just covering up the fact that he's actually a 
he's a dirty dog, isn't he? Really, but he's just, oh, he just acts he's, I, I would say canny businessman. Yeah, true. Ruthless, you know. Ruthless. It's, it's not show throat. friends; it's show business. Mm, yeah, true. Wait till I. What did he say? What I do to you, Mister Davis? Yeah. <laughs> Homer's asleep at work, wearing a "Don't wake me, I'm working" shirt. Burns walks in with Smithers. He's some sort of communique on his shirt. <laughs> so he fires Homer. He tells him to remove all the fillings that he got under their dental plan. Homer says, I don't need you, man. This this story's getting old, man. Says he's never coming back because um, I can live, I can mooch off my son. I'll be fine. Assuming my health doesn't deteriorate as I age. Yeah. And then we get a little back and forth. Can't remember exactly what's said, but basically it's Christmas Day. I'll tell you when it's Christmas. Homer is then watching TV and he sees the ad for a Romco change mag- magician. And I'm like... I could see Guy falling for this. <laughs> I must admit, I looked down and thought, I've got it, I've got like maybe three or four jars and I big knew mugs. you would. I knew you'd have jars of coins. Of five cent pieces. <laughs> shit like that. And it's like there's got to be a better way. <laughs> I mean, I could easily put them in I could easily you know, put them in bags and go do they still have them at the at the bank? I mean, do they still have banks? Do we still have where banks? You, yeah, where you'd take all your change and you'd sort of throw it in the machine and we'd go, that's a five, that's a 20, that's a 10. And you just have to trust it. Yeah, that's the other thing. So, um, I don't know, because I think I've got at least 20 bucks of five cent pieces here. Uh, if I came to your house and said, I'm going to go take this to the bank and change it for you. If you came around and did I would it, love yes. the, I would love the opportunity to come around and take this to the bank and just... The, the, the satisfaction of getting, having them all counted. There would be one nice glass jar yep. and one mug about this size, full of coins, fives and tens primarily. So if you want to do it, let's do it. Let's do it. Like we, maybe we can have a game. Like guess how much guys got kept in this jar. <laughs> <laughs> Put a picture up on the Patreon group and we'll have a competition. Yeah. <laughs> and the winner gets to keep the money. <laughs> it's like $15. <laughs> no. I keep it. Mine. <laughs> it's I'm like, mine. I'm like Smog. I'm like Smog the Dragon in those Hobbit movies. Like, oh, look at all my little five cent pieces. <laughs> but anyway, Smog the Dragon never said that. <laughs> um, so we got, he's watching the ad. But can I ask you an important question? How much? I think it was twenty nine dollars or something. Twenty nine ninety five. Twenty five ninety five. I memorized that because I'm like, ooh, that's that's value. <laughs> I like Bart's little reading glasses he's got on. That's what Homer usually wears when he's when he's reading at, at, at bedtime. Yeah. We're now at having dinner at the Gilded Truffle. And Homer mentions how to Lenny and Carl how he loves sleeping until noon. And Lenny and yeah. Carl are jealous. And I mean, it's like, I guess there's a reason to be jealous, but you know, it's not Homer's fault that his kid's successful. It's yeah. not like he's rubbing it in their faces deliberately. He's like, I, you know, I can still, I can still gripe about things. You know, I can still be one of you guys. Oh, I see what's going on. You can't stand to be around a guy who's got total financial independence. Your bill, sir. <laughs> No problem. Bart, I need $200. Dad, the bill's only 100 I broke some bathroom fixtures. <sighs> pathetic. I'm pathetic because I take money from my 10-year-old son? Well, let me tell you something. I still call the shots around here. Homer, use your inside voice. I don't have an inside voice. Homer's then watching the documentary on Africa's equivalent to the mountain lion, the regular lion. And what? Eric Idle once again returns as, what's his name? Oh. Uh, it is uh, Declan Desmond is the uh, documentarian. He's the one that did the um, the documentary at the school. He certainly did. Yes. I, I did not pick up on that. You didn't? I'm not, oh, okay. Yeah. Not that bright. <laughs> not that bright. 
but he's watching the dog go on the lions as we sending the the documentary explains the hierarchy of uh of lions and bart walks in knocks him off the couch much like the lion knocks the the, the old lion off the, the tree then he looks at grandpa you know that the, the the lion can either make the choice of being stuck with like the all the other old lions all the good graves are taken or you can care for vulnerable young cubs and be part of the tribe so he decides to go spend some time with lisa because basic cable said he should nurture her I'm going to the organic market. <laughs> Screw the market. We're going to Mexico. It's <laughs> 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 Flanderino. Run him down. I can't run. I'm wearing flip flops. <laughs> I just really liked that Lisa, because it's almost like. This line here could have very easily been, yeah, I'm going to the you know, to the shop or whatever. But Lisa says, oh, I'm going to the organic market. I'm like, that is yeah. exactly what Lisa would say. It was very well written, well thought out. True. Not just a gag for a gag's sake. A, a, yeah, character driven, which is yes. what we like from The Simpsons. Yeah, so they're consistent with Lisa's character. She's going to the organic market. Screw the market. We're going to Mexico. And as I just said. <laughs> and very faithful to Homer. Yeah. At the end of the day, it was nice to see Lisa acting like an eight-year-old because it could, they could have very easily gone down the route of Lisa going, no, it's the organic market, I want to go to Mexico, and then her getting all righteous like she sometimes does, acting more older than she does. But here she's just like, hey, I'm eight, my dad's spending time with me, fuck it, let's just go to Mexico. And she just laughs, <laughs> and has a good time, and that and Homer's uh, um, chasing flanders in the street wearing his flip-flops, a very funny yeah. visual, him running in flip-flops. Yeah. And I love that Homer commits to the whole Mexico thing as well, it's like, it's all Flanderito. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's a really, really good scene. I really liked it, I had a big smile on my face when this scene was finished, I really liked it. Uh, he then goes to Lisa's bedroom, he notices her all-school science fair entry, which shows the history of science, of nuclear physics, sorry, from Marie Curie's laboratory to a scale model of the first nuclear reactor. And Homer says, don't worry, Lisa, you'll definitely win this. You know, you and science go together like Lenny and Carl, the science is Carl. So yeah, just again, just supporting Lisa, he's just being a part of her life. I really liked seeing this part of the character, but then the evil Martin shows up, the little supervillain that he is, with his childlike or childhood, I think it's childlike, a humanoid urban muchacho, or as he calls him, chum. Don't hold my hand. It's creepy. And he says, <laughs> hush my pet. I'm like, that couldn't have been creepier. That could not have been any creepier. Hush my uh, pet. Yes. <laughs> uh, Lisa's worried that she's going to lose. And Homer says, don't worry, I can help you. No, I'm not supposed to get parental help. Ah, oh, that's orphan talk. I'm like, oh, that's, <laughs> that's rough, but it's funny. <laughs> you don't like it? No, I loved it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Relax a lot. I'm sorry. My heart is cold and black. Sometimes you, you've got to be a little ruthless. It, to go for the... Sometimes when you want to go for the gag, you've got to go for the throat. Yeah. I'm sorry, guys. Some, someone's going to have to take the hit at some at, stage. And some people may call me um, hypocritical because there was a point, and it's the episode when... Um, the Miracle on Evergreen Terrace, I believe it is, when they when Bart burns down the Christmas tree. And there's a moment in that where the poor kids are watching the TV through the, through the screen... And the guy comes out and says, hey, stop watching the TV, little kids. Come back when you get some parents. I fucking hate that line. I still hate that line. This is different. Like, I know it, that's just a guy unnecessarily being mean to the orphan's face. Homer saying, oh, that's orphan talk. Whilst it's on the same path, it's it doesn't come across the same way because he's not yelling at these little kids. Yeah, And also, it's Homer's half-assed or misguided attempt at a pep talk for Lisa. Yeah, I guess, yeah. But Homer then starts building a reactor. Oh, why can't I build a reactor? Korea did it. And look at the quality of their animation. 
Action. And he <laughs> mouth moves. Yes. <laughs> uh, he looks up on the internet, nuclearsecrets.com. Are you a terrorist? No. Would you like to meet someone special but are tired of the bar scene? No. I will never tire of the bar scene. Let's see. I can make that. You can get that by smashing open a golf ball. That you can find in any player piano. All I need is some plutonium. And I know just the place to get it. <laughs> also, also, before that, Home points out what the internet is actually for, Wang Enhancement. We've all looked it up at some point in time. <laughs> How to grow. Speak for yourself. Speak for yourself. <laughs> hey, well, I am the little boy, remember? Well, that's true. And I'm the fat man. <laughs> he just needs some plutonium. And uh, he looks up all the things that need to go into making a reactor. He just needs some plutonium. I love the transition here to him going to the power plant. So you, you see him looking down at the... Um, at the, what's it called? Her science fair entry, whatever it is, yeah. a little model. And then a transition to the actual power plant. And we cue the Pink Panther music. Homer wearing his black burglar suit. I love the suit. Is there anything better than the Pink Panther music? For sneaking? No, there isn't. Imagine if you got that on your resume. It's just like, oh, by the way, I, I, I cured cancer. Well, I wrote the Pink Panther music. Oh, well, okay. I, I cede the floor to you, sir. <laughs> <laughs> no matter what job you're going for. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Head you chef in a fancy restaurant in Melbourne. You walk into a shop, or you know, it's like, hmm, I, I like the look of that fur coat. Uh, $50,000, you say. I did write the Pink Panther thing. Take it. <laughs> Take two. Like, you're right. If you had that to your name, but you don't have to do anything else for the rest of your life, do you? You don't really. You've, you've succeeded. You've, you've won at life. You've just you've won. <laughs> But if you're ever going to break into someone's house, you've surely got to have your little your wireless earbuds in your ears playing the Pink Panther music. It depends on the uh, either that or the Mission Impossible thing. Yeah, Mission. Ah, oh, depends what kind of breaking it is, though. Yes, if it's a, if it's a very intense one, where it's like we got to get in, get out. Dun 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 dun. dun yeah. Where it's like, take my time. Maybe you know, pour myself a glass of milk. Dun dun dun. dun <laughs> pour dun, myself dun, a glass dun. of milk. Yeah. Oh. Huh? <laughs> Cat burglars do that. Cat, <laughs> cat burglars like milk. So you oh, sit no. there reading the paper on the kitchen table. Just, yeah. <laughs> I wonder though, in all honesty, I wonder if listening I'm sorry, to... I'm, I'm picturing a burglar you're like going and taking a dump or something. It's like, and all the while the big panther is going... Dun -dum, dun -dum. Go on, please. <laughs> I was just going to say, in all honesty, I wonder if, <laughs> just trying to get that visual out of my head first, I wonder <laughs> if playing that kind of music in your head, like in the actual music with your headphones or whatever, whilst you're trying to do a break-in, whether it would actually help you succeed in achieving your goal, whether, you would, would actually, whether you would actually be more you know, elusive and whatever when you actually listen to the music, it's like shit. The power of positive thinking. Yeah, power of positive thinking. Give it, patrons or listeners out there. Try it out. Let us know what the result comes out like. <laughs> yeah, don't expect us to post bail for you. you know, we <laughs> no. accept no responsibility for any no. uh, any crimes you commit, uh, <laughs> despite the encouragement of the Four Finger Discount team. Uh, so back at the power plant, and true to the power plant's usual uh, ineptitude, the key is under the rock. Homer then gets to his um to his room, and the key is also under the rock there. And he um is under a rock or it's under something. Anyway, he gets in there, gets still some plutonium, tastes it first, then leaves. Lisa discovers it. And Homer tries to cover it up before she sees it, but you can see straight through him. She's like, Dad, what did you do? Sweetie, 
Your daddy's going to show you just how much he loves you. You know that non-functioning nuclear reactor you built? Yes. I juiced it up a little. <laughs> Dad, that could explode. Oh, that's ridiculous. That thing's going to blow. Drop this toy and run. Mom, Dad built a device that would be deadly in the wrong hands. And he's holding it. Homer, I want you to get that gamma radiating what's it out of my home. I never complain about your frilly pillows. Well, then that gooses, gags, and gifts. And it's time for a Bart signing, and he will not say cowabunga. And comic book guy walks up with his big shirt. He's got, you know, how many shirts he got? Just one. Takes a marine honor guard to fold it. It used to be a dust cover for a Hummer. I could go on and on. <laughs> I just like that. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that is good. I like a bit of self-awareness from the Simpsons yeah. writers. Yeah, you know, it's like we've sold so many fat gags about comic book. Uh, why is Donald Trump one of the um, similar, <laughs> one of the Simpsons? Similar guys? kind of. Told, yeah. I told so many gags about the comic book guy, fat guy, big loser. <laughs> I why, am I doing Donald, why am I doing a Trump impersonation? Uh, Goose says that he sold the rights to Disney. He's going to turn each of his shirts into a movie. And thanks to his team of loopy lawyers, he never has to pay Bart another <laughs> penny. You've learned a valuable lesson. Never trust a weirdo. And he tries to escape, but he gets stuck on a nail. And fuck, that looks painful. <laughs> but he deserves oh, it. Yes, um, it does. But Bart's walking home. He's very sad. And he sees Homer on the way home. And as Again, Bart, vulnerable. He, he, he tricked me. I'm just a stupid kid. Homer says here, well, you know what? When you grew up, I grew down. So it's time for me. I know you need your old man more than ever. Grandpa rocks up. And Homer, I can see you need me more than ever. Get back in the garage, old man. But there's spiders in the boxes. Stay out of my boxes. Stay out of my boxes. I just love to stay out of my boxes. I don't know. I just thought it was <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> he goes to knock Goose on his delightfully offbeat ass. And Goose says, well, you know what, mate? I'm an ex-Marine and seeing the, the shit that I saw, they made me crazy. So Homer threatens him with the reactor. And as dangerous and as outrageous as this is, hey, fuck it. He, he was true to his word. He was going to fuck he him up. He had it coming. <laughs> and it all came together. It all it's came nice. together, yes. But then, yes, and because, you know, Homer turns up the dial, Goose is, Goose is trying to call his bluff, the plastic vomit starts melting. He's like, shit, this guy's legit. All right, here, take all the cash that I've got. I also want some dribble glasses, some fake boobs, two of butt shirts, and that wrapping toilet seat. And I'm like, guy would totally want this wrapping toilet seat. <laughs> mm, I would have it for maybe two days, and I'd be like, I am so sick of this. <laughs> like that, um, that talking fish. Very much. I want to know. <laughs> can you help me? <laughs> yo, yo, yo. Go low with the flow. Yeah. And he's got, Homer's going to hang this over the mantle. And both Bart and Homer are walking home. They're very happy. And Bart's thankful for Homer for helping him. Are you sure this thing's going to, ex- whether this thing will explode? Oh, I don't know. Let's let the seagulls at the dump figure it out. And that's the end of the episode. We do get a credit scene again. I wonder how yeah, long they you- went with this for. I've, I never realized they did this, but it's just, this one felt like a deleted scene from this episode that, Probably could have worked, but it, it just got cut out for time. But it's like, why did you include it here? It's odd, isn't it? Yeah. I think there was a there was a bit of a phase in the early 2000s of blooper reels at the end of movies. I wasn't even in the early 2000s. It was the 90s because they did it for um, A Bug's Life. They did it for um, Liar Liar. Liar Liar is the big one for me, 1997. Yeah. I'm thinking of Char- Charlie's Angels did it a lot. And that was 2000, yeah. But uh, that, yeah. Liar, Liar Liar is the first one I can remember that did, a, 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 did it. And then- 98 was a bug's life because Pixar were going through a phase. They did it with um, Toy Story 2 as well in 99. Even earlier than that, I mean, um, like the Cannibal Run with Burt Reynolds and that. They, a lot of Burt Reynolds movies, uh, <laughs> and he was very big in the 70s and 80s kids, they would have 
yeah, blooper reels at the end of his films where, you know, he and his co-stars were just cracking each other up and it's like, oh, we had fun making uh, Smokey and the Bandit or the Cannonball Run or whatever. Yeah, but for, it, it, it had a, a real comeback. Yeah, I, I think from, well, Lie Lie was like 98? 97. 97? Okay, yeah. So I think you may be right. That sort of kick-started a new, uh, a new trend of it for a while. So maybe the, maybe the Simpsons was picking up on that and running with it. Then now Marvel's just like, hey, stick around to the end of the credits for a fucking 30-second scene. It's like, you know what, Marvel? I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> Marvel, go home. I've had enough. <laughs> yeah, I'll stick around for the first one, say who directed it, who was in it, all that kind of stuff, and then, okay, there's one bit, but then uh, i got to sit through the 300,000 people at the, at the uh, who did the digital effects. No. No, thank you. No. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, overall, this was a really entertaining episode. Well played, it was written by, who was it, Joel H. Cohen, I believe? Joel, Joel H. Cohen. Well played, Joel H. Cohen. And good directing by Mike B. Anderson. Yeah, as I, as I was saying at the start of the episode, I enjoyed the two stories. Um, you also had the Barton and Lisa scene as well. That I really, not Barton, the Homer and Lisa scene that I really appreciated because it's just relatable, me being a, a father of a young daughter now. And um, yeah, I just like seeing Homer being a good father. And whilst he had his moments in this episode, I thought overall he was pretty, pretty decent in this. Well, as someone who likes sleeping till noon, I liked Homer uh, singing the praises of sleeping till noon. What did we learn, Palmer? So what did you learn from this episode, Mr. Davis? Uh, that I should probably top up my supplemental, supplementary <laughs> disability insurance. Yes, I've been saying that for a long time now. You certainly should, yes. <laughs> <laughs> working, working with you, it's a health hazard. I learned that um, I should really stop trusting that eccentric single guy who's definitely taken an interest in Elliot. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> it's the fat man. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the fat man is after that little boy. From this day forward, your name shall be... All right, it is time now, Mr. Davis, for the Guy Davis New Name Championship uh, for Season 16. All right, the current leaderboard stands at this, Mr. Davis. Fergus Jeffs, Adam Vergona, both in third position on two points. Uh, In second position, we have Brian Hughes, Heath Appleby, and Alistair Danik on three points. And in first position, we have a tie with D.L. Gorman and Philip Hawkins, both on five points. Take it away. What have we got? Thank you, Mr. Dando. Okay, one point. Let's split it up because mm-hmm. these are a little bit similar and equally good. One point each to Slogan's Run and that- Slogan's Heroes. Okay, yeah, both good titles there. I'm a big fan of Hogan's Heroes, really enjoyed that show. I have not seen Logan's Run, though. Is that a highly recommended movie from the Guy Davis camp? I liked it very much. It's very 70s, okay. uh, but but very enjoyable. It's a great right. premise. Okay. They keep trying to remake it and they never get around to it. So Slogan's Run is Kyle Muldoon, which puts him on two points. And Luke McKay, done it again, uh, with Slogan's Hero. So one point to Luke McKay as well. Welcome to the leaderboard, Luke McKay. Yes, well well done, Kyle Muldoon. Clever Mm. Kyle. Clever Kyle, that's right. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Two points Mm -hmm. to tease all that. Oh, that is also Luke McKay, which means that cancels out his one point and he gets the two points. (gasps) Oh, McCain, you literally have done it again. <laughs> He's actually done it again, yeah. He has got the two points, so well played, Luke McKay, with tease all that. All right, but three points mm. go to Eat My Shirts. That's just the best title. I actually can't Pretty think good. of a better title for this. It's it's the best. They did well. It's better than Fat Man and the Little Boy. So the three points this week's goes to one, Philip J. Hawkins. The hawk is flying high. Hawk just comes through with the goods on a weekly basis at the moment, doesn't he? He's delivering on the reg. Well, well done, Philip J. He's trying to go back to back. So the current leaderboard now stands at this. All right. 
In third position, we have Brian Hughes, Heath Appleby, and Alistair Danik all on three points. DL Gorman outright second on five. And first position, Philip Hawkins on eight points. He's just clawing his way. The Hawk is clawing away. Also, Fergus Jeffs, Adam Vergona, Kyle Muldoon, Kathy Kyle, and Luke McKay all on two points as well. So that is the Guy Davis new name leaderboard for season 16 so far after round five. If you want to be a part of it, just got to be a four-finger discount patron for as little as $1 per month. Patreon.com slash four-finger discount. But for now, Mr. Davis, it is time for My Two Cents. And that's My Two Cents. All right, so this one here comes from Pete Anderson, and this is them being rather cheap. So Pete Anderson says this. <laughs> Go, Pete. When I was in college, I made a point to collect as many free condiment packs as possible from places like McDonald's and Taco Bell, with yeah. the sole purpose of refilling my own now-empty bottles of the corresponding packets. It takes about 50 to 60 average-sized packets of ketchup to fill an average-sized bottle of, a, of, of the sauce. That's pretty awesome. I wouldn't go into that trouble of actually putting them into the um, the actual containers. I know if you're trying to make it look like you've, you actually bought the real one, you want to impress people. But man, our fridge is full of the KFC aiolis because they always give you too many. So we've got like the barbecue sauce and the sweet chili and all that. It's just our drawer in our fridge just full of condiments. <laughs> honey mustard, honey mustard. Yeah, honey mustard. What about you? Like, did you collect all the, um, like when you go to a takeaway place, are you annoyed when you go to a takeaway place and they've forgotten the sauces? I'm genuinely pissed off. Oh, yeah. I'm like, motherfucker, <laughs> what am I supposed to dip my nuggets in now? You expect me to eat these nuggets? The, be- the, the better quality aioli I already have at home? <laughs> Bare-ass nuggets? <laughs> yeah, or, yeah, or <laughs> the stuff I buy from the supermarket? No. <laughs> I'm assuming that the scientists at McDonald's HQ or KFC Incorporated have spent a lot of time and effort. Our nuggets go very well with this aioli that we have developed. <sighs> 100%. That Their particular sauce goes well with their particular nugget. Yeah, because every nugget tastes different. KFC nuggets taste very different to McDonald's McNuggets. That is true. <laughs> and and Hungry Jack's nuggets. If you're going to do the ratio, for me, I know everyone goes McNuggets, but I'm KFC all the way. I'm KFC oh, nuggets. No, yes, absolutely. Yeah, you too. Because uh, Elliot, he's oh, yeah. just he's all about the McNuggets. And I'm like, I'm, if you take the Mick away, mate, I don't think you... I think you realise these are just shit nuggets. <laughs> <laughs> but what, what's more, what's more infuriating for you? When you buy McDonald's, right, buy KFC, and they completely forget the sauce, or when you get KFC and you request a certain type of sauce and they give you a different sauce, what's more infuriating? Well, it depends on the sauce that they've given you, true. I'm a honey mustard guy uh, across the board when it comes to my nug nudge. But if you give me sweet and sour, I'm like, okay, fine. If you gave me barbecue, I'd be like, I'm turning this motherfucking car around. (laughs) (laughs) You will give me my sachet. (laughs) (laughs) And your big old comic book go, and you gave me barbecue when I specifically... I'm doing Trump again. Don't know why. Uh, (laughs) I specifically requested barbecue. No, I did not request barbecue. You gave me barbecue. Don't want it. I want sweet and sour or honey mustard. Don't give me this. Give me what I want. So this is the kind of stories we want. My two cents stories. Send them in. SimpsonsMailbag at gmail.com. If you've got a tight-ass story of some way where you've saved money or just like uh, Pete Anderson just gave us then, cheap-ass story, send them through. SimpsonsMailbag at gmail.com. Props to Pete. That was a good one. I like that. It was indeed, yes. Okay, it is now time for some mailbag. Jamail! Jamail is here! Ooh. Andrew JP. Always Andrew JP. <laughs> says, What's up, JP? Did you have a side hustle when you were younger or a part-time job for some pocket money? Well, I, I did. I didn't mentioned- even have a hustle. <laughs> I, I, um, I had the paper run, but I also, and I've mentioned this time and time again on the podcast, that I had a, um, a little business where I would, I had two things going. I would walk down to Video Easy. Video Easy were the only place in Australia 
that would sell Will and Grace DVDs. They bought the rights to it for whatever reason. 2000, like early 2000s, the only way to get Will and Grace DVDs was through Video Easy stores. Of course, this was still the early days of the internet. People weren't really sure on eBay and Amazon and all those other ways of buying things online. Online shopping wasn't the thing it is now. So I would walk down from my house in Bell Park, where mum and dad lived and still live uh, here in Geelong. Take me about 45 minutes to walk to Video Easy Cario. I'd buy up all, I'd use my paper run money to buy up all of the Will and Grace DVDs. And I'd get my big plastic bags and I'd walk all the way home with them and I'd flog them on eBay for double, sometimes triple the price because people who didn't live near a Video Easy didn't, didn't A, know how to buy them from the States and didn't want to pay the shipping costs, so just, like the, the international shipping costs, so they'd buy them from me. So I'd buy them for like nineteen ninety nine each and sell them for like 40, 50 bucks each. Oh, getting the scintillating champagne comedy of Will and Grace out to people who wouldn't get it otherwise. <laughs> oh, you're doing the Lord's work, Dan. It was a, a great little money-making scheme. I actually made some decent money doing that. It was pretty good, yeah. And then I used to import DVDs from China and sell them, and I made, they made a pretty penny for me as well. Okay. <laughs> I was a boy prostitute. Yes, yeah, yeah. And now I'm sure that worked, being the fat man that you are. Indeed. <laughs> I was once a little boy, but I'm now a fat man. <laughs> What about you? Did you ever have a side hustle? No side hustle? I did not, really. No, no. I mean, I, I, my pocket money, please. That was pretty much it. You mean you didn't just get Bobby to sign all these different cards and just flog them? No, but I do recall late in the game, I mean, Dad was a hustler. Dad was a real hustler. I can see him being a hustler, yeah. Yeah. There was someone who had, I think, old, not not even old, but Cats posters, like of the 63 Premiership or something, that Dad coached the, the team to win. Yeah, uh, and they had like prints of them, and it was a big, thick stack. And I remember going to this this guy's place with Dad, and Dad just and Dad was probably in his seventies at this stage. Got the sharpie, signature, 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 signature. He was like a machine, and he, I think he, I think he walked out of there with a nice stack of cash. Yeah, and this gentleman man. would then sell them on again, like eBay or something like that. I was, I was going like, to tell you, I, I found. Well done, Bobby. I, give me give me ten percent. <laughs> yes, well done, Bobby. I found um recently in the garage. I was going to tell you. The 1951 Premiership team photo signed by the entire team, including your father. Holy moly. Fergus Jeff says, do you have any T-shirts that you regret wearing, especially slogan-type shirts? Any shirts <laughs> that you regret wearing? Not really regret wearing, although it could have given the wrong impression. Uh, but when I was about 14 or 15, um, and this is back in the mid-'80s, do you know the band Frankie Goes to Hollywood? You know, relax, don't do it. Yeah, yeah. Great song. And I don't mean this as disparaging. I'm just saying as a statement of fact. It's incredibly gay. It, they're a very gay band. They're, they're promoting sort of gay stuff. And here I am. Yeah. <laughs> here I am at age 14 uh, in an unenlightened era of the, of the mid-80s. I'm like, that Frankie goes to Hollywood. They, they're cool. And I'm going to get this T-shirt about Frankie goes to Hollywood and wear it around proud. And I, I, I don't know. I don't regret it because it was a cool T-shirt. But at the same time, I think people were like, you like Frankie Esther Hollywood, do you? All of a sudden, these eccentric single men were looking at you. <laughs> All these fat men were interest. looking at this little boy. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, uh, I don't regret it, but at the same time, it's like, a little prior knowledge might have come in handy. <laughs> I've got a photo of me at Movie World in Queensland from when I... So, it was 1999, so I would have been at, uh, 11-ish, right? And I'm wearing this WWF t-shirt, because I was a big wrestling fan when I was a kid, like a right into the WWF. It was WWE now. But it said, had the rock on it. It just says, candy ass on it. Because he used to say, I'll, I'll kick your candy ass. But all it says is just candy ass in giant letters. And I'm like, 
What was my mum thinking letting me wear this shirt at like the age of 11 around this theme park just says candy ass it written <laughs> just giant letters. Oh, I don't know. I look back and just cringe now. But anyway. <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, oh, actually, we'll do one more question here from Clever Kyle before we go. Was there a specific moment or event that made you realize your childhood was coming to an end and you were becoming an adult? Block your ears, kids. The Santa story. Oh. <laughs> that stole my childhood. What about yours? Probably the Easter Bunny story. Yeah, yeah. The Tooth Fairy story. She is not God's daughter. <laughs> gossamer witch. She's the gossamer witch. All right, thanks for the question, guys. Don't forget, you can send your questions to simpsonsmailbag at gmail.com. All right, that's been our review of Fat Man and Little Boy. Hope you enjoyed our review. Thank you guys for watching us on YouTube and whoever, uh, wherever you're listening to us, whether it be on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you source your podcast. The next episode is called Midnight... It says Rx, Midnight Rex. Is there a way of pronouncing that correctly? It's 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 based on uh, um, Mr. Burns taking away the drug, like the drug plan. So but people I think can't that get Rx that. is like prescriptions. Prescription. Uh, yes, that's what it is. Yeah, so it's Rx, is it? Yeah. Okay, yeah. So, so Midnight yeah. Rx is the next episode. But basically, he takes away the ability to, to afford medication. So that, like the, out, of the, um, out of the power plant system. So no one can... He buys up all the um, pharmaceuticals in Springfield. So it's, yeah... Restrictions, but also prescriptions. So okay. They're going yes. For, yeah. yeah. They're going for a bit of bit of wordplay, but uh, yeah, that whole RX thing is yeah, <laughs> not bit, not conducive to, to to fun banter. No, no. So yeah, Midnight RX is the um is the next episode of The Simpsons. Hope you enjoyed this review. Thank you guys once again for your ongoing support. Listen to the show. Subscribe to us on YouTube if you haven't yet done so. Follow us on Twitter as well at Four Finger Pod and at Four Finger Discount on Instagram. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook to make sure you do not miss out on when we start promoting those new Simpsons glow-in-the-dark beanies coming to you guys soon. And also, don't forget, if you want to support us here at Four Finger Discount and you appreciate everything we do coming from the network, you can jump on the bandwagon at patreon.com slash discount. You get Guy on Springfield, where you get season 10 reviews, you get Towers of Futurama, uh, you get movie reviews, you get and so much more. You get early access, Zoom calls, and, and plenty of other stuff. It's patreon.com slash discount. All of your... Uh, subscriptions and donations are much appreciated. If you don't want to sign up for a monthly uh, subscription on Patreon, if it's Patreon's not your thing, that's fine. You can also support us just with a PayPal donation at a four-finger discount at Outlook.com. So a donation of $5 or more will also get you a shout-out on the podcast. But thank you guys once again. We love each and every one of you. This has been our review of Fat Man and Little Boy. Mr. Davis, any final words for those incredible listeners out there? Yeah, Dando, I will never tire of the bar scene. Shh.